0: Our scripture is from the book of the prophet Isaiah, the 60th chapter, verses 10 through 14, Paradise and Salvation, Isaiah 60, verses 10 through 14. And the sons of strangers shall build up thy walls. Their kings shall minister unto thee, for in my wrath I smote thee, but in my favor have I had mercy on thee. Therefore thy gates shall be opened continually, they shall not be shut day nor night, that men may bring unto thee the forces of the Gentiles, and that their kings may be brought For the nation and kingdom that will not serve thee shall perish. Yea, those nations shall be utterly wasted. The glory of Lebanon shall come unto thee, the fir tree, the pine tree, and the fox together, to beautify the place of my sanctuary, and I will make the place of of, of my feet glorious. The sons also of them that afflicted thee shall come bending unto thee, And all they that despise thee shall bow themselves down as the soles of thy feet. They shall call thee the city of the Lord, the Zion of the Holy One of Israel. The memory of paradise is common to many cultures. All over the world we find evidences that people not only Recall an original paradise, but dream of a return to it. They dream of a return to a pastoral innocence, an unbroken worldwide peace. This dream has also become a major factor because the hope is so basic to man in politics. With Rousseau, it became the idea of the return to an innocent state at the dawn of history, recreated at the end of history. All of the modern world, deriving its political theories from Rousseau, is given to the belief that somehow, through politics, it can create paradise again on earth. The means of the return are various. We find very early an example of a very important and significant means of a return to paradise in the first century BC in the Roman poet Horace. Horace in his sixteenth epode speaks of such a return. The epode was written somewhere between 30 and 40 B.C. Very obviously the poem reflects horror at a crisis in Rome. It could have been either one of two or both of these factors. First, there was the threat again of civil war in Rome and second, the Parthian War so that Rome's future looked very bleak at the moment. The poem is very interesting, and it's worth reading portions of it, because it gives us something of the political dream. Scourges of civil dissension now lash us, and the new generation, and Rome by our own strength is falling, ruined band. For whose overthrowing prevailed not her neighbors, the Martian nation? Rome, her unnatural son, blood-tainted, will ruin our bringing. Wild beasts again for lair shall choose the soil of Rome. Aliens triumphant shall trample our ashes with hoofstrokes, bringing the horsemen of our foes shall spur the ancient home. Let this be our counsel of counsels. As when after dread oath taken the people of Bokea left their Asian home, fled from their lands, from the hearth of their fathers, their temples forsaken, for boars to dwell therein, for ravening wolves to roam. Let us go, whither fortune may guide, whither over the surges the finger of wild southwest or west wind beckons us away. Thus are ye mighty. Hath any ought better to counsel? Why linger to haste aboard the ship in this the accepted day? Us ocean awaits, the girdler of earth. Let us seek on sailing the fields of paradise, the islands of the blessed. Where yearly the soil without tillage bestoweth the harvest unfailing. Where blossoms I the vine by pruners' knife undressed. There to the pale unbidden the Milk goat comes in the gloaming. For love, the heifer comes full utter to the fire. They fear not even at the growl of the bear round the sheep fold roaming, nor earth with viperness swells up in it's dire, for still the king of heaven there tempers sun and rain, the way to escape wherefrom my prophet lips have told. Now this is a very interesting poem, interesting also, because he speaks, he says, as a prophet. He says Rome is falling, doomed by her own son. course, Rome did not fall, and said it went into an empire and lasted a long time as an empire, but he was right. Rome had degenerated. And so his summons is, let us take ship and sail. Where? For the fields of paradise, the island of the blast. What was his belief? It was a very common one, and this belief, as we shall see when we begin our history seminar again this fall, studying American history, was very important in the discovery, in the founding, and in the politics of America. It was a belief that though man was living as a fallen creature, And though his world was surrounded by pollution, somewhere, a large portion of the the world, as yet undiscovered, had not been touched by the fall. If only they could set sail and discover that unfallen part of the world, there they could make a new beginning. There, all would be well with them. There, without any tillage, without any work, the harvest would come. Now, the Bible tells us that even in the Garden of Eden, Adam had to work the soil and dress the garden care for it. And the trees and the vines, he said, gave their fruit without even having been pruned. And the milk goat and the heifer came to the pail and let down their milk. It was, in other words, a paradise in which no work was necessary. This is a very different concept than the reality of the Garden of Eden where there was work but work without curse. Now this is a very, very revealing and a very interesting version of the dream of paradise and one that has been very prominent through most of history. Somewhere it was held until... Finally, all the known world was discovered.
1: There was an unfallen,
0: an untainted part of God's creation, where the animals live in peace, for all things give their harvest without work. Man it was held can make a new beginning by escaping to this new world. Thus salvation for us was not a new man, but a new beginning for man, a new environment. In other words, salvation was escape from an evil envi- environment to a good one. Once, of course, all of the known world was discovered and charted and mapped version of the dream was no longer possible but the same dream in essence survived there was no place to go for a new environment although some believe there was let me add because the space scientists now are actually voicing the same hope of escape to another planet that might be habitable. And hence their shock and horror that Mars was not habitable. They want to go to that new paradise. And you may have heard there are books published on it, in fact one within the last two or three years, that supposedly there is a huge hollow center to the earth where there is paradise existing and you would be surprised at the number of octopus who believe this but for most people the new form of the dream after the discovery of America until the space age revived enough of the old form was that man could make a new beginning when he destroyed the old environment and created a new one But the biblical doctrine is that a new beginning is only possible where there is a new man. As long as the fallen man remains, the old results remain. Sin and death govern man's history. It is the new man who creates the new environment. There is no return or creation of any paradise possible without the new man in Jesus Christ who was the beginning of the new creation of God. This new world requires not only a new man, but God's law. Now the word paradise in itself is very revealing. The biblical word paradise we find in a number of languages. Not only in Hebrew, but many, many languages. It is in origin the old Persian word paradisa, which means the enclosed walled royal park and garden. The Greek word paratykos means carry around and tykos a wall. Again, the same idea. Similarly, you find the word in Armenian as arzes, a garden. The word, therefore, in origin indicates a restricted place, and the idea in its origin was of royalty, of an aristocracy of grace, as the Bible would have it. The Garden of Eden was restricted. It was the kingdom of God. The new Jerusalem, the new creation, is the kingdom of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the beginning of the new creation of God, and salvation means our entrance into that new creation. It means, moreover, that under God and by means of his law, because the law is spoken of over and over again in scripture as a hedge, a wall wall is built to protect and to build up paradise.
1: And Revelation 21 and
0: 22 gives us a picture of the new Jerusalem as a wall that guards the city, with all the ungodly strictly barred from it, and the city untainted by sin and death. We are told, moreover, that it is a walled city of great splendor. And we read in
1: Revelation
0: twenty-two, fourteen and fifteen, blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life, and may enter in through the gates of the city, for without our dogs and sorcerers and harmongers and murderers and idolaters, and whosoever loveth and maketh a lot. The city is wall, and the dividing line is made up of those who by faith keep God's commandments so that the law acts as the wall, and outside are the dogs, sorcerers, horrorbongers, murderers, and idolaters. Thus paradise refers both to Eden, to the New Jerusalem, to the life of God's people as they establish the rule of God on earth and to heaven. The wall, we are told, is great and high. In Ezekiel 28.13, we are told that Eden was the garden of God. So that this reinforces the fact that paradise is not only man's destiny, but God's realm, God's kingdom, God's garden. Now our scripture speaks about that kingdom, about that realm, and it tells us some very remarkable things about the future. Our scripture is dealing with the fulfillment in history. It is not looking beyond into heaven. And it tells the people of God that as God's reign is established on earth, the sons of strangers shall build up thy walls, and their kings shall minister unto thee. An amazing declaration. We are emphatically told that the whole wealth of the world, its power, shall feed into the kingdom of God. Moreover, yea, the nations shall be utterly wasted. The powers that be of this world shall be humbled and brought low by God. All nations must either serve God or perish. Danger shall be removed, therefore, from the people of God, and the earth shall flourish and all men and nations recognize the sovereignty of God and of his works. Revelation 21, verses 24 through 27, echoes this passage, and the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. And the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be no night there. And they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. And there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination, or maketh a lie. But they which are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Zechariah 14, 14 also speaks of this, as do many other passages. The wealth of all the heathen round about shall be gathered together gold and silver and apparel in great abundance. The riches of the world shall come to the people of God, to the kingdom of God. This is the plain statement of scripture. It tells us that all the wealth, all the achievements, scientific, artistic, musical, agricultural, Commercial. All this is being stored up for the people of God and the kingdom of God. 14 verse says, The sons also of them that afflicted thee shall come bending unto thee. And all they that despise thee shall bow themselves down at the soles of thy feet. An amazing passage. It has reference to a custom of antiquity. When a conqueror took over a realm, all the princes, the sons of the royal family, came and bowed down before the conqueror. And the conquered king and his his generals laid themselves on the ground so that the conqueror could put his foot on their neck symbolizing their absolute subservience to them. Now this is the picture that God gives us in his word of that which is the destiny of his people our destiny in Christ. This is the destiny of the earth. The wicked shall not prosper. They shall not prosper. The Scripture tells us if the wicked flourish, it is that they be destroyed. We are told, moreover, that the gates are open continually. Therefore, thy gates shall be open continually. They shall not be shut day or night that men may bring unto thee the forces or the wealth of the Gentiles and that their kings may be brought. The gates are open perpetually for two reasons. Open gates means security, no threat, no danger. But the scripture adds to that by saying that it's not only peace and security, but the wealth of the world is pouring into the kingdom of God at such a rate that the gates must be open around the clock for this stream of wealth to come in. Thus God gives us here picture after picture of a stream of wealth, of power of all things, pouring into his kingdom. Now this seems to many people like a far-fetched dream today when one-third of the world is under communism. And many people see communism as a great, powerful, and a victorious thing. The reality is, the Marxist world is a fumbling, fumbling, incompetent thing. It is succeeding not because of its power, but because of the collapse of others. Those of you who read the article in last Sunday's Times Opinion section on muddle. Gained a graphic picture of how incompetent they are. They have no way of manufacturing parts in the Soviet Union for anything. They cannot break down the bureaucratic machinery in order to facilitate production. So what must they do? The only way they can get parts, for example, to repair a plane, is to order another plane and park it on the runway and then cannibalize it for parts. So the Soviet empire is full of air force with cannibalized planes sitting along the side of the runway. The U.S. News and World Report in its April 10, 1972 issue had this amusing Report from Communist East Germany, and I quote, Communist East Germany is facing this growing problem. Thousands of tenants in state-owned housing are skipping their rent payments. News media hammer at immoral and unsocialistic behavior of those who ignore the government landlord, spend rent money on vacations and consumer goods. That rent bill, according to official estimates, totaled $3 million. Since state subsidies hold rents to a trivial 10 or $20 a month, the problem thus covers many thousands of tenants. Solutions, evictions, won't do. Anyone moved from an apartment by the East German government is legally entitled to another, same size and quality. Financial penalties for rent default? None so far. That could change, some critics maintain. Meanwhile, the staff of one district housing office in East Berlin spends 45% of its time debt deadbeats. Rent dodgers also upset economic planners by diverting housing funds to other purchases. Unquote. Now this is just one small item of hundreds of thousands of dodges that are used in the entire Marxist world, it's a bumbling, faltering, stumbling thing. And the only reason why it's getting ahead is because the rest of the world is collapsing similarly. And why is it collapsing? For the same reason that conservatism has been collapsing all around us. Because it has made its hope political. Because it has operated under the illusion that you can take bad eggs and make a good omelet. There's no hope politically until you have a new kind of man. The political hope is the hope of Horace. It is the hope that you can make a new beginning for man by finding or creating a new environment. And this is what the politics of the left and the right is trying to do. And it's anti-Christian. There must be a new man for a new beginning, for a new world to be made politics of left and right, thus, are politics of disintegration. And so you have worldwide disintegration. The road to recovery, the road to paradise regained, lies through Jesus Christ and his sovereign of law, work. We shall see next week one of the steps that Scripture requires of us. A sick and a decaying age, and this is what we have all over the world, is no contest for the power of God unto salvation as declared and set forth by his covenant people. It is the power of God and the salvation that we must proclaim his saving, atoning grace, his law work, his plan declared in his word for recovery and restoration. The prophecies of scripture concerning the nature and glory of God's reign are not exaggeration, nor are they hopeless dreams. They describe an aspect of the salvation of our God The earth which is made sick by man's fall is to be healed by man's restoration. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Let us pray. O Lord, our God, heal us and heal our land through us. And grant that by thy grace the kingdoms of this world may become the kingdoms of our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank thee for the plain speaking of thy word. And we pray that thou wouldst use us each in our several ways to establish thy dominion and manifest thy purpose under this generation and the generations to come. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Are there any questions now? We have time just for a few very brief questions. If not, I'd like to make a couple of announcements and call your attention to one little thing. There is a meeting this Tuesday, April 18, at 7.30 p.m., of the Chalcedon Guild. There is the meeting, a business meeting, is at the home of Gloria Bazar, 1339 Romulus, in Glendale. And the husbands are invited to meet at the home of Dick Terras, 1216 Hill Drive, in Eagle Rock. Then on Saturday, the 29th, a week from Saturday, the South Eden Prayer Meeting and Bible Study will be held at the home of the Hamiltons, at 2169 Mandeville Canyon, at 7:30 p.m. A week from Saturday. Tomorrow night at 7.30 in Placentia, our speaker there will be Gary North. The way to get to the Andrus home where the Placentia meeting is held is to take the Santa Ana Freeway and then the Riverside Freeway and get off the Riverside Freeway onto Highway 57 North. Highway 57 North. And then get off on Yorba Linda. Y-O-R-B-A-L-I-N-D-A. And take Yorba Linda east to Valencia. That's the right turn on Yorba Linda to Valencia. And left on Valencia to Baston Turning right on Baston Curry, right on Hart, left on Cobb, and left on Cartland. I'll give this again to you after the meeting. And it's 1949 Cartland. It's really very easy. There are three short turns there. Right on Hart, left on Cobb, and left on Cartland. 1949 Cartland. See me after the meeting, and I'll give this to you again. One interesting item in the papers recently, a murder. A murder in New York of Joe Gallo, a mafia member. There was an item about the background of the murder of a Gallo in Victor Rizal's column today, and I think this is an interesting example of precisely what we were talking about earlier, our disintegration today. Gallo was a particularly powerful and dangerous mafia leader. He had declared civil war against the Mafia. He was involved in a number of things, control of unions as well as waterfront control, plus control of a number of areas of business, plus control in narcotics. He worked with an Arab hoodlum from abroad in the field of narcotics. He did get into trouble and serve time in prison, Sing Sing. They got him out of Sing Sing, the prison authorities, as fast as they could, giving him all the time off for good behavior as they possibly could, although his behavior was anything but good. For the simple reason, that because of his contact with the Arabs, ...and his sympathies with Islam, ...he immediately became the champion in the prison of the black Muslims... ...there was segregation, self-imposed segregation in the prison... ...and he sat always with the black Muslims... ...and it was creating a major problem in the prison... ...because he was now providing them with the brains for all kinds of disturbances. So they virtually threw him out of prison to get rid of him. And he began to organize the blacks in terms of criminal activity. This was with the hostility of the rest of the mafia because they did not want integration in the mafia. And so he was executed. Now, the interesting thing is that about three or four years ago, there was a novel that was supposed to be a humorous novel, one of the few novels I've read in recent years because it was supposed to be so good but it was so poorly and clumsily written that I was bewildered as to how it ever got published why it ever got the publicity it did, and why everybody raved about the book. It was a fumbling, incompetent thing. And it was obviously about Joe Gallo. The title of it was, The Gang That Couldn't Be Straight. It was made into a movie. Very interesting. Here, yeah. an incompetent piece of writing is made into a bestseller... The ridicule someone, the mafia is waging war against, and at the same time, another bestseller glorifies the mafia, the godfather. If that isn't evidence of social disintegration, I don't know what social disintegration is. And it's simply another bit of evidence of The fact that instead of confronting a world of tremendous power on all sides, we are actually confronting a dying world. The power of God declared and manifested in that world will bring it to its knees. And that's our calling. One further brief story, which tickled me no end, last Monday... Friend from out of state Dot. Five. quite an interesting man but that's another story and he told about someone whom he knew quite well an elderly Italian woman who in his city runs a little pizza parlor with apparently just a couple of employees she doesn't speak English too well the government had a problem with her recently. She stopped sending in her Social Security deductions... ...for the of house. For a her employee. So they wrote her a number of letters... ...and didn't get anywhere, no answers... ...and a man was sent out to... ...call on her... ...and to find out what had happened. As soon as he identified himself... ...he said, oh yes, they told me in broken English... Uh, when I uh, started this place, to join your organization, but the dues are getting too high, so I decided to drop my membership. The government official found out in a minute or two that he was getting nowhere trying to explain the situation to her, so he finally cut it short and he said, Look, it's like this. We are like the Mafia once you once you buy our protection you can't quit she immediately got the point and paid up now the moral of that story is that the disintegration isn't total at least there's one honest government official around Let us bow our heads now for the benediction. And now go in peace. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost bless you and keep you, guide and protect you, this day and always. Amen.